welcome to a slightly delayed episode of Starters and Sides. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, my name's Neil Davey and I'm in London. And I'm Adam and I'm in Manchester. A very rainy Manchester. It's it's, yep, it's very rainy Manchester. London right now as well. And there we go. How are you doing? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Not too bad. It's been busy, hasn't it? It's been... Hence the reason they've been delayed. Yeah. It's, it feels like the... Is it, is it green shoots of recovery? Is it... Head in the sand, stupidity. <laughs> I'm not sure what at the moment, but like a mix of the two. The world has opened up again, hasn't it? Whether we like it or not. Yep. No, indeed. No, yeah. lots of lots of things happening. Lots of opportunities. Lots of things. So, well, on that on that score, have you um, eaten anywhere um, exciting of late? It says it's starting to get busy again. I mean, um, did the gastro pub awards, which were held here in Manchester. Uh, a few weeks ago now, um, which was really good to see. Um, got the Northern Bar, uh, Restaurant and Bar show that's going on at the minute. I went to that yesterday, which was great to see. I mean, so many people there. Great, obviously, they've not been able to do it. Great to see hospitality back together. A lot of people having some really good times. Um, great beers that they got there. A couple of new beers that I saw that were really exciting to see. Timmy Taylor's have got. A new Hopical Storm, which I tried, which is you might have seen on our socials, which was great beer, really good beer. Chatting to um, a few of the other brewers and just just going through things that are going on, and actually they feel a bit like the world's opened up again, and they can get excited about stuff. So, which is really interesting. Um, eating at Ducey Street Warehouse, eating at Dakota the hotel. Oh, what a small um, world! What a small world! I, I've eaten at both of those. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which was great, wasn't it? To actually go to some of these things together. Yeah, um, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, when the world is opened back up, and yeah, I, I raided the north. So no, it was great, did, mate. Really good. You did. It was great. I mean, a couple of fantastic meals. Um, again, we talk about this in a lot of the podcasts. Is it, the staff, the staff at you know District and Dakota. Um, big shout out to Tom. The food and beverage manager at Dakota who really looked after us. Um, the staff there at Ducey Street, I mean, just the food was just amazing. You know, I just think, yeah, j- just great stuff. There wasn't one thing that you kind of went, mm, that's okay. You know, and it was just, loved every bit of it. I mean, everything from the Lancashire Hot Pot Croquettes at Ducey Street, you know, I'm much of a fan of croquettes. <laughs> um, the beef cheek and the short rib mac cheese. I mean, just all great food. I mean, what was your take on it? No, absolutely. It's uh, as you say. I, mean, I know we we often sort of joke about I know the friendly rivalry of the north versus south thing, but I think we're both big fans of each other's cities. Um, Manchester, I mean, Ducey Street is just it was a classic example of great old industrial space turned into something really exciting. I think I said on the night there was a there's a real vibe of kind of I don't know, Las Vegas restaurant. Uh, a hotel restaurant there. It's a huge space, but it feels intimate. If there were loads of people there, it would feel really great and buzzy. If there were six people there, it would feel really great and buzzy. It's a really intelligent layout. So you get a little view across the bar from wherever you are, view of the open kitchen. There's always some life. As you say, the the, the mm. staff, the team there were, were brilliant. I love the fact that Ducey Street had the the sort of the confidence to throw their kitchen open to Neela's Burmese Kitchen, um, a street food business from Manchester who were doing um, 
four dishes, five dishes, four dishes um, on the menu for uh, all, all, all the month of March, actually. So if you're listening to this, still got a chance. That was I thought that was really bold. Love seeing someone give someone like that a, a little foot up into the business. That was really appreciated. Dakota was a great space, as you say. You know, the, the staff and team there couldn't have looked after us any better cracking piece of steak really well <laughs> I'm gonna say really well done medium but really well done um some really interesting wines knowledgeable enthusiastic every level everyone we spoke to seemed really knew their stuff genuinely recommending things and you believe yeah. their recommendations which is something we maybe not quite as good at down here all the time so there is a real I think it's quite interesting that we following day after Dakota, we both kind of sounded like Ray Winston <laughs> having sampled the cigar terrace, right, which, was, which was fantastic. I just, the whole thing with Dakota, I mean, it's, and I want to say this in the nicest way, I don't mean it to be, it's it's kind of moody, but it's it's not overpowering. It's not like dark. It's it's just got a real feel about it. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a really stylish, really stylish yeah. space. It's funny, I mean, Hate to kind of kind of beat everyone over the head again with this, this Vegas hotel thing, but it's there's a really it's a really cool hotel. It has a real vibe of that kind of sort of Vegas clubby thing going on. So great, great stuff. Lovely rooms. Really, it it feels like like Ducey Street feels like someone designed it who's been to a restaurant. Dakota feels like it's been designed by someone who stays in a hotel. It's yeah. not always the case, which is I know sounds sounds mad, but yeah, I really there's those little touches, weren't there, at Dakota and things like there's a private dining area, but they've got sliding doors, so you can leave the door open a little bit, so you still get the atmosphere of the restaurant and like the buzz of the restaurant, but you still got that private dining yeah. area. But so often, as we discussed on the night, you know, great having private dining areas, but sometimes you feel really cut off yeah, from so the, really, really the vibe. Yeah, private's nice, but yeah, you, you kind of want a restaurant experience some of the time as well. And I think there as well, just for, for those of us that are, those of you that are listening in Manchester as well, the private dining space can be used for for meetings and um, business stuff, so you can hire it out, and um, Alexa, who looks after all that sales on the sales side, um, yeah, they were just so, it was just all so accommodating and so great and the the wines we had were from simpsons and just yeah all of it was just superb yeah, positive. great experience it was yeah positive british red wine experience that's a that was a first a first for yeah. me i have to say but i mean going back to the i'm what you said about the um uh, the gastro pub awards i mean so it's great that something like that is being held um in manchester that was a that was a freight island yeah, it was down at Freight Island, yeah. which it, it is. I mean, I know you've been to great space. They've got some really good food outlets and some really good beers down there. But yeah, the whole day was it was it was great. There was a real buzz. I think it, that was the first time I'd seen kind of hospitality take a sigh of relief and kind of go, "We're back." And although there was still some of that trepidation because we don't really know what's going on with stuff. Um, everybody there, there was such a buzz around the place. And I think what I really liked about it was 
there was so much support for each other, you know, the, the different venues across the country. Um, and you could see it all on social media that day and the day after of like, you know, good luck to this and congratulations to these and like pubs that were supporting each other, which I just think is amazing. And perhaps, you know, I'm more involved in that world, but maybe when you see things like the Michelin Guide come out and, and, and all the Michelin stuff, there is, I'm sure there is that support there. But I don't know if there's, it's just my interpretation of it, but it feels like there's a much more of an, an inclusivity around the, the Gastro Pub Awards stuff and a, a real support for, for each other. And it was great to see, you know, some of the places that, that we've both been to, you know, Parker's Arms up there. And, but I think the overall feel for me was as they're going through and at number 50 and at 49 and 48 and they're going through and stuff, it didn't really matter. In that, whether you were number three or you were number thirty-three, yeah, I think that's the fact that you've been recognised. We, we we touched on on last week face to face over beer over food, right? Yeah. Um, just being on the list seems to be enough. Yeah, the, so the the Michelin thing's great. I think I think I think there is still a place for Michelin. I think we'll, we'll maybe talk about that another time. But the I know the the latest stars came out a week or two after the Gastro Pub Awards, and it's great. You kind of keep an eye on it, but. Whether it's because of the last two years, whether it's just our love of pies and a pint, this the support for the pub or our love of the pub made it feel, as you say, much more inclusive. When I, when I was I was had a, a little WhatsApp conversation with the landlord of one of the uh, top ten uh, uh, yesterday, um, who had just been to another one of the top ten. So you've gone to yeah, visit yeah. it specifically. So there is this, there's a real lovely interaction between people that there is a huge support, as you say. I mean, that some of the people that dropped out of the top 50 this time around and are still um, still somewhere on the 100, just being part of the 100 seems to be enough. Yeah. And it does feel maybe it's been, I don't know if the list has been manipulated in some way, not, not saying anything, Estrella, <laughs> about your, your judging standards. But there is a beautiful spread of these things around the country. That yeah, sort of. I mean, you look at the top ten here. We've got Suffolk, Lancashire, Yorkshire, uh, Kent, London, Cornwall, Buckinghamshire, Berkshire, uh, Devon, couple more in London, Northumberland, uh, Monmouthshire. And that's just in the top twenty alone. So that's, that's a exactly. that's it. Spread. Exactly, and I think that's one of one of the things where the whole idea of us setting up this podcast was based on. In that, I used to get incredibly frustrated reading, you know, the the broadsheets on a weekend with the magazines and different people's reviews, such as uh, Mister Corrin. We won't go into any more detail around that. Um, where, and even not just food and drink, but you'd look at supplements and they'd be talking about exhibitions that were on and. Eight out of ten were south of the Watford Gap, and that's why I really like this awards because there was that regionality to it. There was that recognizing that there are great places all over the country, and I'm sure there are many that potentially could make the list that have not even been considered. And don't get me wrong, I, I there is that difference between the fine dining side and the 
and the gastro pub side when it comes to awarding stuff. But, you know, there's probably more that could get into the gastro pub awards, but that doesn't mean the food's any, you know, of a, a substandard compared to what's going on with the mission. No, indeed. And I think there's, a, I think maybe it's a, it's a way for people to, um, I know one of the, the backlash things about Michelin is often that it's, I know it feels such a sort of closed off thing that it's it's not approachable, it's not for everyone. But actually, yeah, it, yes, it is. So if you, and Michelin, I think, are also on a mission to, I mean, you look at some of the places in Singapore, you've got like a, a, a simple stall in a hawker centre that they are starting to, they, they reward pubs they are rewarding more relaxed dining around the world i think they are trying to make that sort of inclusivity part of everything but you look i mean hell look at the photos of the of, uh, top 50 gastropubs.com 50 uh, top five zero gastropubs.com there are pictures of the food which look like the uh, every sunday supplement every travel thing from going to the sort of highest end places around the globe there is there's some beautiful presentation just because it's a pub just because it's still there's maybe a bias towards pies or whatever it may be there is a there's there's a lot of skill involved in these things but it is still approachable but it's much it is maybe it's that maybe hopefully for some people it's going to be i know the training wheels to go off and try some more unusual things Maybe I, I, I mean you you we've both been fortunate to eat you know at some Michelin style places and whatever but and this is an open ended question in that do you think there is the kind of camaraderie amongst Michelin star venues that there is between the gastro pub stuff I mean I definitely saw it on yeah. on that day at Freight Island where. You know, people were searching out other, like you say, other owners of of pubs, other chefs. There was so much stuff going on. You're looking at the pictures after, and the chef from one venue's with the chef from another. Um, you know, it, it, it just felt like I'm sure. Obviously, there is that rivalry to a degree, but I just wonder whether there is that camaraderie behind the scenes. Yeah. That's, that's a Michelin. good question. It's a good question. I mean, maybe if anyone's listening and, and wants to let us know, that would be grand. Or, yeah. or again, always encouraging. We love getting your sort of feedback and your opinions and stuff. But, um, and we'll, we'll touch on the email, etc. at the end. But I think that there probably is. But whether it's, I think it's, it's more kind of chef to chef, I think, at that level, or um, other people in the industry congratulating chefs because they've seen what they've gone through they've seen what they've how hard they've worked or they've worked with them while they've been doing sort of stages at other places so i think and particularly the food community uh, i know we've we've talked and i guess we'll, we'll touch on it a little later as well if we, we talk about sort of mental health and social media at the moment uh, which don't necessarily go in hand hand in hand right now the we both got pulled into social media because the food community was so lovely and welcoming mm. and useful and generous. And I do think things like the awards are an opportunity to kind of take a little glimpse at the old days of Twitter and Instagram, where it was a fantastic, supportive food community. I think it's still there. 
it's still there. It just gets swamped in a. It's it's, it's in the mire of uh, all the misery and shit fuckery going on around the rest of the planet at the moment. But it glimpses. That's where it, that's where though I think it don't you feel that it comes into there's a comfort kind of feel and there's you know you've been to the Parker's Arms so have I amazing space you feel very welcome um just kind of that that thing around this feels homely and feels comfortable Mm -hmm. and that okay you know you still may be paying top end prices in some of these top gastro pubs but it's doesn't necessarily have to be a sense of occasion it is because you just want to go out and eat good food and that feeling around that that kind of and again, I don't mean this in a detrimental way, but that next level down of food, if you like, where it feels more accessible and it feels it's not just for the elite. And I just think there were so many things around and, and the whole the whole atmosphere of that awards was just great. I saw it as well yesterday at the at the um the restaurant and bar show in Manchester and you can see the the support brewers are giving each other, support suppliers are giving each other, um, people chatting from different companies. And again, there was a real buzz about it, which I just felt, it just felt that it was, yes, you know, we've got some of that back and there is that glimmer of hope for hospitality and just for whether it be two days with the, the, the restaurant show or whether it's an afternoon for the awards that, Let's not talk about Brexit. Let's not talk about World War Three. Let's not talk about supply chains. Let's not talk about the lack of supply that's coming in, you know, VAT, all of this stuff that's affecting all of them, of course. But it was a chance just to celebrate a little bit, which I think is just great and has been missed. No, exactly, exactly. I think the, as you say, it's the, it's the comfort eating. I think we've all been uh, doing quite a lot of that the last couple of years and, and, and possibly accelerating <laughs> the last three weeks um it's it is it's just i mean it's just the we've said all along and one of the things that always attracted us to the hospitality industry part of the reason we wanted to do the podcast was this this great kind of mutual support network and that there is a real sense that we're all in it together um and i think the the top 50 gastropubs in particular is a great example of of just how supportive the community can be um mm. as we say i mean the i mean some of the things that dropped out of the top 50 this year but now in the top 100 it's i've, I've eaten at several of them and you're like well there's pretty much as good as everything else that's still in the top 50 or has ventured into the top 50 and it does feel that actually it's as you said earlier it doesn't matter what position you are if you're on the list that's enough you'll really bloody good exactly. it's and again the, the fact that I mean, our, my most local one the Red Lion and Sun um, you can go down there you can have a, a fantastically elevated very sort of pretty they're doing, doing some great pies they're doing some really sort of clever stuff there's a really good burger it's not yeah. it, it, it's not reinventing something that um, just for the sake of it it's it's still a really good boozer I think that's another thing. A lot of the ones we've been to still serve as a pub. It's yeah. not. Oh, it's, it's actually a wannabe uh, great restaurant with 
um, a, a token nod towards pubbiness. Mm. They are, for the most part, everything that I've certainly seen that's on the on the list. They're really good boozers. They're really good pubs. You can I, I have, have a well kept pint and you, and a sausage yeah. roll, or you can have a beautiful looking Instagram friendly meal. Exactly, and I think that's we've talked about this quite a lot over the years, and I've written about it a lot um, for various publications around. There was always some kind of it was either great beer and not particularly brilliant food or brilliant beer sorry brilliant food and not particularly good beer and there are so many places now that are actually being able or doing both i mean Ducey street that we went to you know magic rock beers on the on the bar and so you could just go in and have a drink maybe a couple of side plates if you wanted to or you could go in for the meal and get some really good wines you know, and I think that's where so many of these places, and also I noticed so many of them, the Parker's Arms, I know, do it really championing local beers. So you go in, there'll be local beers on the bar, and that's where I think it's great. And there are so many of them that are doing it right now, where there is a good pint, and you can just pop in and have a beer. Or you go in and have, you know, really good food, and... That, that kind of, that, I think that was missing a few years ago. I think there was a div- massive divide. You would undoubtedly get great food, but the beers may not be great. Yeah, I think that's a very good very good point. And I think even like some of the gastro pubs back in the day, it was it still felt like you were kind of there to worship at the altar of food um, and perhaps have a, yeah, yeah, it's a pint and a very expensive Scotch egg, etc. But everything now, there's there's a, I don't know, there's there's more of a relaxed feel, I think, to a lot of the places, certainly that we've mm. been to on the list. Maybe, maybe some of them aren't sort of of that ilk, but I get the feeling they they are having sort of spoken or, or come across some of the people on social media on the level of, as you say, the level of support the. The enthusiasm to go and try each other's food, um, and again the, the the sheer celebration of the of Stosie's pies up at the Parker's Arms, and I, I'm sure we've we've spoken about them before. We will speak about them again. I know we're hoping to to catch up with uh, Stosie and several other people. Um, an idea that um, we were kicking around that um, had very well, rather smartly suggested, should be called Earning a Crust. Is a, is a little strand I think we're, we're going to try and introduce in a future podcast. I'm here all week. <laughs> and, and, but talking about sort of baking and pies and what it is and just catching up with these people, finding out what the gastropub list, being on the list, means to them. Um, mm. Hopefully chatting to a few sort of interesting bakers and stuff. So hopefully it's a touch wood that will... Uh, that's something we're we're going to be building on. I think it's really just an excuse for us to go and eat pie, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, do we ever need an excuse to eat pie? And again, but I guess we can't we can't also mention pie without saying it was the pie awards uh, last week. Yeah, which unfortunately, I mean, we both judged that before. Um, unfortunately, neither of us could make it this year um, for logistical reasons. But yeah. Um, very interesting winner. I know you've been looking at that. Yeah, um, a a pie minister. Um, so the gluten free mooless pie. So a gluten free vegan pie won the pie awards, 
which um, I'm sure there's going to be an awful lot of cynical people going, well, they only did it for the press coverage. They only did it to sort of cause us an outrage. But as I say, we've, we've both judged there before. The the judging has always felt is fun but quite stringent. They go through an awful lot of people before uh, any sort of winner like that is declared. I, I would imagine it's just a damn good pie. Which I think, again, though, this is where there's, there's so many things. I mean, we've judged at the Cheese Awards, we've judged at loads of things. And I, I guess, and, and this is where it, it comes in with, with food, and that's what I love about it, and beer, is that it is so, do I want to say, subjective, objective. It's it's down to that person and that person's palate. And it's there were so many things with the Pie Awards when we were doing it that, you know, the the shoulder of the pie needs to be have a certain gap and you know this that but the pie tasted amazing but because it didn't quite look right then it you know maybe got marked down and, and things like that but it's such a stringent process with some incredible judges um the, 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 you know, the knowledge in that room is is astonishing yeah. well i don't think we've ever done anything along those lines where we haven't learned stuff. And I said, I've probably learned more judging the pie awards than just about anything else that I've done. Hmm. It's just interesting to see how, it, you know, like you say, from a press point of view, how that's going to roll out. I've not heard a huge amount um, around it. You know, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? Again, where someone's always going to complain about something, but at the end of the day, did it taste great? Did it look good? That's the end of it, you know. And obviously with things these days that it's got to be a broader broader range of pies and whatever that's in there than there would have been 10 years ago, which I think is a great evolution in the food industry. You know, that there is that side of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I talk about things like this when I'm doing the marketing with, with clients and with the things that I do in my other role and that, you know, we've got to, the way things have evolved is just fantastic. And if you think a few years ago, vegan, gluten-free, celiac, things like that were kind of seen as fads, whereas now they're mainstream, quite rightly. Um, and, and I think that's the way it should be. I mean, I had a fantastic um, vegan bacon sandwich from uh, a company called Mira in, in Manchester that have just moved into uh Ancoke store and have got a permanent well base there for at least the next three months and it was just phenomenal and that instant dismissal because it's got that v-next to it or whatever it may be just isn't the case anymore which i just think is a great development in in food and drink and in welcome no absolutely mate absolutely i think and i know I mean, we've talked here about pies and comfort eating and, and the success we've, we've sort of touched on the, the the grimness of the world i know one thing we've we've got a lot better at over the last however many years of, of, of knowing each other is kind of checking in on each other's mental health and acknowledging those days when we're not and and also acknowledging that sometimes yeah you don't you don't just want to you don't just want a pie or a sandwich or something because it's it's there and convenient it is it's because you need that little hug you need that little sense of nostalgia you need something just to reset everything 
And I think yeah. all of these things now, so the, anything that makes it more inclusive, there's yeah. that word again, inclusivity. And say so whether it is the vegan, if it is the gluten-free, if it's the, the vegetarian, I think everyone's getting that little bit more knowledgeable. Chefs, cooks, everyone's getting much more knowledgeable about how to I don't know, do something interesting to an aubergine <laughs> to, to make it... Um, Yes, that I know, as, as a fantastic meat alternative. I mean, we we've touched before on my loathing of uh, some of the sort of I don't know, the Beyond Meats and such like. That, but there are so many great alternatives that are naturally available, that are proper sort of plant based alternatives, and I think there is that scope now for for things to be that much better. Um, and again, and the the way animals are farmed, everything. I think we're getting so much better at this kind of sense of, I don't know, global health. Um, things that are good for the planet are good for us. Um, but yeah, I take, but I think it's really interesting. And I know we've said it before, but like exactly like you just said about that hug and that that feeling of comfort. And Nancy, my wife, and I often joke about um, the. Abu Dhabi is um, a place where her family used to go on holiday all the time. We've been there a few times, got a lot of really good memories. There's a pub there called the Dovey that would never, by its own admission, consider entering the gastric Football Awards. It's just a nice little pub. Um, and they do a lasagna and chips that, you know, it's never going to win Great British Menu or anything like that. But it isn't supposed to. When you've been out on windswept coast and you've been walking for like four hours and you come back and you just want that hug and that real comfort food that for some people it might be, you know, a Greg's sausage roll. But, you know, it's that kind of thing of just going, yeah, that, that's exactly what I mm -hmm. wanted at this point and right now. And as I say, it's never going to win any awards but they're not professing to want to win any awards. It's there exactly for that exactly. reason. It's there to, you can sit down, you can sit by the fire, you can just sit and eat, and you go, yeah, that's what I wanted. And that's all we need, and that's what food and drink's all about. Precisely, Precisely mate. That's the thing. I mean, there we go. I mean, it's a great thing to sort of throw open to uh, to our so it's slightly growing public, I believe, um, but still limited public. So you're a select bunch. You're a select bunch of lovely listeners. Thank you. Um, there are trying. <laughs> what's what's your go to comfort dish? What's the thing? What's your hug on a plate? What is the what is the thing that just really sort of warms the cockles? Maybe it's cockles. Um, just the things that yeah that make you feel better. All that little sense of nostalgia, whatever it may be. So yeah. So you can always reach us. You know where we're going to be. Yeah, we're, well, we're at the bar at startupandsides.com if you want to email us or messages on <clears throat> any of the social media. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to hear what it is. What is that? You know, we always we're talking about the go-to starters. We're talking about go-to size. We're talking about what you hope's on a menu or what you hate that's on a menu. And I did eat salad when I was with you, which is quite <laughs> interesting. It was a fantastic salad. That was amazing, wasn't it? That was, yeah, was the tea leaf. Um, yeah, tea leaf salad, which was just very different, but just great. But yeah, I did eat salad. Um, 
but yeah, let us know. I, I just think, don't know if you've seen it yet, just picking up on the mental health thing. Don't know if you've seen it yet, if you've watched um, Stephen Graham and The Boiling Point. I've not. No, it's it's on my it's on my list. Wow. At some point, I will get around to seeing it. I hear nothing but good things. It's just phenomenal, and I have never been so stressed watching a movie for an hour and a half, <laughs> two hours that I was watching that, and I wasn't even in the kitchen. Um, just like phenomenal, just just, and when we consider it was pretty much all done in one take, and just yeah, if anyone's looking for a movie to watch. Um, Definitely watch that. It's but the like the mental health on, and I know we want to touch on this in future podcasts and things we want to do, and people we're going to be interviewing around the mental health side of working in the kitchen, um, and the stresses you know that chefs and front of house staff and everything else go through. And but I think if you want some kind of idea, watch that film. I mean, Stephen Graham just amazing anyway, but um, that gives you kind of a bit of an insight into. The pressures of working in a top kitchen, which, yeah, so highly recommend that. Anyway, so have you been anywhere else, by the way, since we, you've been judging at things? Yeah, we've been doing, doing the it's and... it's the the start of the Great Taste um, Awards. So we've done a couple of sessions for those this week, which has been really interesting. Um, it's it's a, it's a fantastic mixed bag of stuff you get to try from. Um, somebody today likened it to it's like going to a buffet when you're drunk. Um, it's you kind of have a it's a cake and a chocolate, then something in then something savoury and a sauce, uh, then a custard tart, then another chocolate, a fruit jelly, uh, yeah, some crisps, some caramelised nuts. It's it's an amazing array of stuff, and and the quality of it's again incredibly stringent. Judging in order for things to get a star, it has to go through any number of panels. It has to go through any number of people for everyone to agree that it deserves the one, two, or three stars. Uh, really good bunch of people, phenomenal knowledge in the room. So it's a really, really good day. Um, so yeah, back, been back doing that. Um, off to a, a new pub tonight. Uh, called the George in uh, Fitzrovia. We've got big, big hopes for it. It's part of the, I believe it's part of the JKS group who have Hoppers and Jim Carner and various other things. Everything they kind of lend their hand to seems to go very, very well. So we'll talk about that on a future podcast, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's as you say, we're we're open for business again. Yeah, there are new just... openings. There are things. There are things to go and do. There are different places to go and wear a mask to. So, yeah, exactly. So, so just to, so just to recap. So, if you do, let us know at the bar dot at the bar or at starsandsizes dot com um, of your sort of comfort eating joys. Um, any other comments? You sort of you know our regular uh, quests, our regular sort of questions. Uh, anything else you want to add, mate? Just that we've got. While you were here, obviously, we were eating some good food and drinking some really good beer um, at various places such as Cask in Ancoats and the Piccadilly Tap and some great beers that we had while we were here. But one of the other things we're discussing, things we want to do with the podcast, are things around, you know, recipe books. You know, what is one of your go-to recipe books when we're talking about go-to foods? But 
is there a particular recipe book we're going to start cooking things out of um recipe books that we want to do some stuff from um and want to get you involved a few people i've already spoken to who are going to be you know throwing down the gauntlet with that so any re- recipe books that we should be looking at yeah um, i suppose we could we could reveal the first book as well if uh, i think well perhaps we should think- uh yeah the first one is going to be nigella's um eat cook repeat so we're going to be picking um something from that that we're both going to be cooking um over the next few weeks gonna get other people involved you know we'll put it out there on the socials we'll put it out there um for you to if you want to get involved in cooking something from that give us send us your pictures tag us in on on instagram and things if you're cooking something from that particular book um we've got other ideas coming up of other simon hopkinson stuff we really want to get involved in but if there's a recipe book that we have to cook out of that maybe we've not come across even though between us we've probably got 343 million recipe books between us there might be one that we've missed so let us know or if out of nigella's book is there something that we have to cook that you know is is a definite i did um one of her one pot chicken dishes a couple of weeks ago that was just superb absolutely superb not too faffy she gives a bit of a story behind it she's talking about all things around you know, cooking it and freezing it in advance so that you can start batch cooking, and which I just love. It's just so practical. And But that's what we're going to start with. So we'll put it out yeah. on the socials that that's what we're going to be doing. And they stick that um, in your microwave. <laughs> microwave. Um, but yeah, so get involved. Um, we'll put it out on the social media about what we're doing. Um, but yeah, cook something Fantastic. from that. Let us know. Well, Great stuff. Well, to our Manchester correspondent, always a pleasure, mate pleasure as well and let's um, sort that Parker's arms trip out absolutely absolutely we need to get that definitely pies. sorted we need to eat more pie <laughs> I, need to, I think I need to lose the last 20 years of pies before I really start but it, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there nah, 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 <laughs> nah, just call it a nice crust <laughs> great to speak to you mate always a pleasure